Welcome into the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. I'm Chris Stanton. Jeremy's still recovering from the Rona. Um, you can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, like it, whichever way you can. That's a little hand clap thing on Anchor. I know that. Uh, comment any way you can. Um, be sure to uh, follow the Facebook page. Interact with us there. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it you guys know what to do just thank you for the support go ahead and share it do whatever you need to do like i said chris stanton is with me today and i know he's pumped and disappointed at the same time <laughs> pumped because he loves the city of atlanta um I, atl be- is my second home man for sure yep and uh he got himself pretty much including travel and everything else uh from the mitten state the cheapest way to Atlanta possible for the Peach Bowl <laughs> to watch Michigan State take on Pat Narduzzi U. And, well, um, of course, why he's not thrilled is because the best player in America is going to be sitting out that game. Kenneth Walker not only declared today, for the NFL draft, which I think we all knew was going to happen because, let's be real, your stock's not going to get much higher than it is right now. You're the best player in America, period. Um, not only did he do that, he also said he is not going to be participating in the Peach Bowl, which opens up a whole new can of worms. We're not going to be giving you a Peach Bowl breakdown because we still don't know about Kenny Pickett, and so there's no point in really talking about it as such until uh, we him. You know, this brings up that question that happens all the time. You know, what do you make of the decision for players to do it? What do you to sit out of games like this? What do you make of, uh, you know, the, I mean, I guess you can kind of say the transfer portal uh, being just that quick little boost to the NFL that a guy needs and all of that type of stuff. It opens it all up. Um, well, I'll tell so you, I, I've hit the re- I've hit the refresh button on my uh, my Google browser and my my Twitter feed every five seconds, looking for uh, Kenny Pickett uh, information and, and breaking news. That would be the great equalizer, man. I, I have such a a nightmare looming in my head that he's going to throw for 500 yards, and you know, it, it, if I'm Kenny Pickett, I, I do play in this game. Michigan State secondary is so porous. He's going to look like Johnny freaking Unitas out there. And I get it um, w- with him, and I get it with Walker too. But uh, I-, I know you've got a lot of stuff you want to cover. So, Yeah, well, I mean, here's the thing about Pickett is everybody knows the secondary is trash. Is throwing for 550 yards against MSU really going to change anything? No. Like in that regard. he's Like right now he's projected to be the first quarterback taken. Um, I right. don't know if I would do that, but at the same time, like he's a first round quarterback, I think. And so I mean, would would lighting up Michigan State do anything and would doing it against a defensive line that is really, really good with linebackers that are pretty good. I mean, Cal Halliday's freshman all American. Ravaris Crouch might be ready by then. You still have Ponish who can Beasley off the edge. Jacob Slade up the middle had a fantastic season. I mean, is it really worth getting hit by those guys? Probably not. No. The only thing that I think can come out of this is hype 
and I, and I know you are too. I'm so sick of college football hype. You know, we had, uh, oh, <laughs> one, yeah. one, one certain individual who, uh, snuck in at the 12th hour to the Heisman ceremony and ended up <clears throat> placing quite highly in the uh, final results. And I'm still kind of bitter about that. And file can laugh at me all he wants, but, uh, that that's the only thing is it's Kenny Pickett would be the media darling, you know, sports center, top performer, whatever for a couple days, but then they would move on to the next game. So is it really worth it? No. Is he taking chances at, at risking injury and things? Absolutely. So I don't know, man, I, I get it, but I, I, I re- I'm really hoping he doesn't play against us. Oh, and obviously I'm, I'm hoping that too. Um, well, in quarterbacks, I understand more than running backs because look, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're going to go out there and these kids have million dollar insurance policies and whatever else, you know, if something unfortunate were to happen. But I mean, quarterbacks, you get hit from the back, you get hit from the back low and it might be curtains for you. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm not thrilled about it, though. Like, what, what do you think of players sitting out of bowl games? My thought on it has changed a little bit. I've been doing some reading lately about these insurance policies. And and like insurance, I'm sure all of us, uh, you know, are frustrated with the limitations of our policy sometimes when we have incidents and issues. The same is true with some of these athletes. You know, you can't play a snap in the NFL or – um, they're very, very limited as to, okay, you had a catastrophic injury, but if you try to come back, if you try to, you know, rectify your career um, and, and turn the, the page a little bit, it's all null and void. So it, the, the insurance policies are not all they're cracked up to be. Um, that that okay. definitely would, would factor in my opinion and in, in my, uh, if I were a player, you know, is, is taking this policy even that much worth it? The better insurance policy is not playing in the game. Yeah, the only yeah. way that you should play in the game is if you are in the top four and you're you're in the playoff and, and you're competing for a national championship. Do I do I like the message that sitting out sends to the rest of the team? No. And uh, somebody who's coached for a couple decades and, and talking to a coach and you, I mean, you get the the team element and all of this. What what's the message there? Mike Leach, the uh, fabulously quotable Mike Leach. Um, kind of went off on the same thing this week, but it, it's tough. I think a lot of the players though, probably understand, you know, they probably look to their teammate and say, Hey, you know what, if I were in this situation or next year, when I'm in this situation, if I'm an underclassman, I would do the same thing. So I don't think it burns them as much as we might believe as fans. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing as a coach, I think it'd be frustrating, right? But you, you've got to understand that's, that's why I'm so torn and, I hate how there's just these incredibly opinionated people, the keyboard warriors who sit there and, I mean, and they say, oh, he should definitely play. Like, what does he get out of it? If he gets stuffed by Pitt, what's he get out of it? Is he the number Mm -hmm. one or two or three back taken? No, he's not going to be at that point. If he roasts them, does he turn into number one? Yeah, maybe, but, you know, the number two and number one running backs, there's not much of a difference usually. I mean, they're both second-round picks at this point in uh, the NFL, which I think is incredibly dumb. I, I legitimately I legitimately don't get it. I think uh, 
running backs are just as important as they've ever been. And, uh, you know, the ability to have a good three down back is rare. And if you got an opportunity to take one, take one where it's available. He is still a weapon. Christian McCaffrey is still a weapon. Does he need other things? Yes, he does. But to sit there and put this hype in receivers, right down a dozen at this point. So, I mean, why are three down backs not being valued like these dime a dozen receivers? I don't know, because it seems like every receiver that's bust through the NFL draft through the first three rounds over the last two years has turned into an all pro. It's such an overhyped position. I mean, you look at, look at the saga with Odell Beckham jr. This year that, and same thing with Antonio Brown. It's like, you know, are these guys still at that value? Can they still produce? But everybody seems to think that they can, you know, and as far as the running backs go, and I know you, you uh, are not a huge fan of my NFL allegiances, but I look at Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones saves Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. He is such an integral piece of what Green Bay does. And, you know, yeah. I, I think Kenneth Walker could be one of those guys at the NFL level. We'll see. Yeah. And, uh... I mean, look, it's it's unfortunate to see. And, I mean, wh- now I guess the next question is, is because we, we kind of did this thing with Cassius Winston. You know, Cassius Winston had two just absolutely incredible years, probably got shorted a national championship. Uh, this team without, without Kenneth Walker, uh, you're looking at a 6-7 win team. And when you throw in the injuries at the end, you're definitely looking at a 6-1 team at best. Um, you know, when you look at guys like Naylor and then and uh, some of the stuff that they've lost on the offensive line and just a, like, sorry, Jordan Simmons runs for three, four yards. He runs hard, but he he doesn't – he doesn't – you know, I, I, I don't even think he swings for the ball. I think he just wants to get on base. <laughs> I guess would be a good way to put it. Um, like Elijah Collins, I think might get the start, which I mean, everybody knows that I'm a fan of that because I thought bringing in Kenneth Walker was stupid. I thought Elijah Collins was good enough. Look, I'll, you know, I'm, uh, I haven't eaten dinner yet because I just got out of basketball practice, but I'm going to go home. I'm going to serve myself up some crow. Um, <laughs> so it's like, I, where, where do you put ultimately Kenneth Walker, though, when you sit there and you talk about it, because look, he's the best player in America. I don't care who won the Heisman. He won the Maxwell. He won the best player at his position. He was a unanimous. He was consensus All-American by every publication. First team. So, Mel Tucker should be thanking Kenneth Walker for sure for his payday. Kenneth Walker changed so many things for this team. Uh, other teams' game plans totally kind of – I'm going to one-up you there really quick. He changed college football. Kenneth Walker okay. changed college football. The transfer portal and what you're able to do with that, to have a guy just come in right away. Now, here's the thing. Like, other schools are granted a little bit of leeway, but for whatever reason, Michigan State can't get a transfer to play right away to save their lives. The transfer portal – and seeing it and not having to go through the process of trying to get uh, approvals or whatever from the NCAA, uh, 
you know, oh, I'm homesick, blah, blah, blah. Hey, can Bryn Forbes play right away? That type of thing. That stuff's out the window. Kenneth Walker changed college football in that regard. And it's such a game changer for Mel Tucker and Michigan State where it's hard to compete regionally recruiting with Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, um, now Cincinnati. It's an absolute game changer. And, you know, and I'll take that one step further. But Kenneth Walker, probably that that's what maybe tempted Jalen Berger to come from Wisconsin to Michigan State. You know, this running back situation for the Peach Bowl got very interesting. Yeah, I'm bummed that I'm not going to get a chance to see Kenneth Walker um, one last time in the green and white. But you look at Elijah College, you look at Jordan Simmons, they're playing for their job whether it be next year in East Lansing or somewhere else, because they know who's looming in the transfer portal coming from Wisconsin, and they know where the carries are going. And Harold Joyner as well. We saw him uh, in spot duty this year. So you know, as as you and I sat in Spartan Stadium so many years as season ticket holders, I was such a huge fan of our – monster that we had when we go back to like the Gerald Holmes days you know and we go back to Michigan State running the ball with multiple different backs I'm a huge fan of that backfield yeah the having the Big Ten is such a a physical conference it's hard and and that makes me respect Kenneth Walker all the more of what he was able to do to take the poundings that he did to the number of carries that he amassed and he kept on ticking yeah he got worn down at the end of the year but anybody would any back would so for Michigan State, I, I think you're going to see a couple running backs, maybe three, that will just be chomping at the bit to have their moment in the sun. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I guess that what what's the saying? Competition breeds success. Mm-hmm. Um, that I mean, that's exactly what you're going to get at Michigan State now uh, in the backfield with or I mean, obviously Berger signed, but without him right now and with the Simmons and. Collins and Joyner. Hold on. Okay, sorry. I was trying. I was trying to do the do the number thing in my head because it was very similar to that full house backfield number. You know, when you had mm-hmm. Baker and Bell and Caper. Um. Obviously, <laughs> you know, we thought Caper was going to be the guy. That was wrong. He was third best of the three of them, but. Well, Caper um, should never have to pay for another beer in East Lansing the rest of his life. For uh, Caper to the house, Michigan State has won. So he's, he's almost – he was the predecessor, in my mind, to Jalen Watts Jackson. You know, that uh, he's just one of those guys that's just going to go down as a legend. Even though he came up short because of injuries and things, um, I'm forever indebted to the work Larry Caper did. Yep. Yeah, I'm right there with you as far as that goes. That was a good backfield, um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, in Peach Bowl, me and Jeremy will give you a breakdown. Uh, once we figure out what's going on with Pickett, uh, still got basketball to talk about, but it's kind of that weird off week between conference play and then the other couple of scrubs that the Big Ten plays before they get back into conference play. So. We'll break all that down. Uh, Michigan State looks exciting there. Yeah, um, this Kenneth Walker thing, it sucks that you're not going to be able to see him again. But at the same time, that's a great season that he had, man. And uh, Well, for sure. And I'm thankful for everything that he's done. It's okay. Let me ask you really quick uh, because I do need to get going. Um, 
Do you put, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for it too, obviously. And I still respect the kid and I'm still trying to get his, you know, get an autograph <laughs> for the basement. Um, but do you, do you put him up there on the list? Do you put him on the Langford and Lorenzo list? Absolutely. Um, I'm not, I'm not asking you to put him in a spot right now, but no, it's one year, so it's really hard to gauge. I, I put him on the same line as Ringer and Langford in my mind, and maybe because Tyler, I'm old. I, Lorenzo White still stands above. You know, you want to talk about the the epic screw jobs of the Heisman Trophy through the years in Michigan State? That sentence begins with Lorenzo White. 1985. And just, yeah, how many times he ran the ball? Perlis, it was run, run, pass, or run, 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 and first down or punt. That uh, he was such a warrior. And I'd be remiss if I didn't add TJ Duckett, too. I mean, yeah. you talk about a human bulldozer. We've been blessed with some some really great backs. And you think of Langford and you think of Kenneth Walker, who came out of nowhere. You know, that uh, these guys really had uh, some amazing runs and, and – stats at Michigan State that's uh he he's in that group you know is he all time at Michigan State no that's that's a little white but definitely uh top five or so uh, see that's the thing I don't know if I put him up in there but just because of the longevity but yeah uh he he was a playmaker and he definitely carried at least three or four wins on this team especially uh that one on October 30th Mm -hmm. but uh that for us today, Chris. Hey, thanks for filling in. Uh, again, for Chris Stan, I'm Tyler Hayward. This is the Trouble with the Snap.